I tell you, I'm, I'm once again so honored and blessed to be able to share with you guys on this morning. And we have a great message a series that we started off uh, about the gift. And Pastor Mark, I know he's going to do an awesome job uh, in Republic this morning. Uh, they're looking forward to seeing him. And, and even as I'm preparing to get into the message, there's certain things that I just discerned uh, from Holy Spirit as we were going through worship. Um, Whenever I minister, I always want to make sure people know and understand that um, one is a safe space, it's a safe place. So if I begin to ask questions and I kind of sort of get all up in your mix, <laughs> don't feel bad. I'm doing it for a reason because there's certain things that maybe Holy Spirit wants to break in you. Uh, there's a possibility that he may want to encourage you with something. And so I just want to make sure that I'm obeying and being obedient to the leading of Holy Spirit as far as that's concerned. And so with that being said, I just felt that I, I needed to, to, to deal with a couple of things. And so, um, and it's going to be a part of the message, but I, I need to do this part right now. Uh, if there's anyone who truly doesn't understand their worth or their value, if you don't truly understand your worth or your value, are you willing to just kind of sort of raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to give a speech. I just want to know that you're in the room because I really feel that this message is for you. If you don't truly understand your worth or your value. Are you willing to raise your hand? All right. Oh, thank you. All right. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Um, and then I also feel that there's some who don't truly understand uh, your purpose. If you don't understand your purpose, are you willing to raise your hand for, for that particular uh, category? Okay. Thank you. All right. So I, I know there's a couple of people, but I also know that there's more in the room than just a few that raised their, raised their hands this morning. And I know sometimes people uh, feel fear. Uh, they feel concerned. They don't want people to think badly of them. And so they don't want to do anything like that, especially in, the, in a public setting like this. And I, I understand. However, I know that the message that God had that he wants me to share with you guys today is going to speak directly to more than just a few that raised their hands this morning. Amen. So it's interesting here. We have officially entered the time of the year when most of the world celebrates Christmas. Uh, this means, uh, this may mean different things to different people. Uh, to most children and some adults, it means playing video games or playing toys. For most of us. Yeah, I might be one of them. <laughs> for others, uh, it means spending time for family, or with family rather. However, for my family, Christmas time means that I am preparing my two-hour sermon that I'm going to preach to my family, and no one can open presents until I finish preaching that message. <laughs> and so here's, here's a picture of my boys when they were younger. During those times, they're like... Lord, please let him hurry up with this message. And I think it's another picture too. <laughs> oh, Lord, we beseech you almost high. Daddy, there's nothing about the Christmas, uh, the Christmas story in the book of James. So why are we? <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I tried to get out of that, and they still talk about me even now. Daddy, it's, I, I know it's Christmas, but uh, we don't have to have 12 scriptures and to our sermon. So y'all just pray for me so that we don't have to worry about that because they're like, come on, let's go. <laughs> Seriously though, uh, this is the time when Christians from all over the world celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can you all do me a favor? 
let's reflect today on the idea or the topic of the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. Today is going to be a little different spin than what you're used to. So let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word with your people. Father, I pray right now that your people are as fertile ground, ready to receive the seed of your word on today. Father, I come against and rebuke any hindering spirit, anything that would keep your people from hearing and receiving your word and then also applying your word in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you that lives are going to be empowered, transformed, and encouraged from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. So um, one of the most recognizable and quoted scriptures during this time of the year mainly is John 3.16. And so I'm going to go to John 3.16 right now and I want to read it and it says this in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, how can we correlate Jesus being a gift based upon this scripture? Well, I'm glad you all asked. <laughs> when you look at the word gift as it appears in this particular scripture, uh, gift can be defined as this. It can be defined as something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. Something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. Another definition or another way to define the word gift is the act, right, or power of giving. The act, right, or power of giving. So Jesus can clearly be defined as a gift based upon these definitions. But wait, let's go a little bit deeper. In John chapter 3 and verse 17, it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Well, it goes a little bit further in John chapter 10, verse 10, and the B clause, I, I would like to say. It says this, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So we see that Jesus came not only to save the world, but to also give us an abundant life. Too often as believers, we stop at salvation. We think, okay, well, once we're saved, that's it. I mean, I'm living the great light. I'm living the best life. I'm living something that's encouraging. And, and, and those are all great things, but our walk and our responsibility doesn't stop or end with salvation. It's just the beginning. And then when you look at that word abundant, and we talk about the abundant life, to live an abundant life is more than just us living a life that's blessed or empowered or uh, prosperous, and all of those things are good, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's more than that. To live an abundant life is more than that. Here's the different spin that I was talking about earlier. There's something that we're supposed to do. 
with that abundant life clause that I just read to you guys. Jesus is a gift, or Jesus was given as a gift so that we can in turn be a gift. Jesus was given as a gift so that we can in turn be a gift. What do you mean by that? You were created to be the answer to a problem in the earth. I'll say it again. You were created to be an answer to a problem in the earth. Now, I want to make sure we understand something. Yes, Jesus is the greatest gift ever given. And I'm not, not by no means lessening that importance by speaking or saying that we're supposed to be gifts too, but that's a fact of the matter. Jesus came and he was given as a gift so that we can in turn be gifts. There are people who will never know the Lord Jesus until they first come in contact with you. And sometimes it's not about you preaching a sermon to them. It's about showing the compassion and love of Christ to them. It's about showing them something that they have not seen anywhere else. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> but once again, the gift that keeps on giving. I want to go to uh, Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Titus 2 and 14, it says this. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for a good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Interesting. Both of these scriptures are speaking about good works. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but the first thing I want to deal with is the fact that we're called peculiar people. We are not supposed to respond the same way the world responds. So one way we can kind of sort of gauge ourselves is if, if our response on social media, if our response in conversations with friends and family is the same response that the world gives at a particular situ- about a particular situation, there's a problem. Over at uh, Rep, they understand that whenever I minister, it's usually a response of either amen or ouch. So when you all see me come up, here he comes, amen or ouch, let me get myself prepared for it. If how we respond to things are the same way the world responds to things, then there is a problem. We are called to be different. We are called to be peculiar. And there's nothing wrong with that, as long as it's in line with God's word, as long as it's in line with what his will and purpose is. And so I don't want some people to take this and run with it. And uh, Well, he said I can be peculiar. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then your family and your church family are looking at you like, well, there's something wrong with them. That's not what I'm saying. There should be a difference. In your workplace, are you different than most people? especially those who don't profess to be a, a believer, a follower of Christ? How do you respond? Bless you. 
And here's the thing, for some of us, this reality is really gonna be challenged over the next few months with this upcoming election. Oh yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't have a right to be upset about what we hear, what we see, and what we, we don't, I'm not saying that, but our response has to be different. It has to be. Interesting. Now I want to get to the whole good works piece. When I looked up that, those words, good works, as it appears in this particular scripture, it was defined as beneficial deeds. The word good is defined as beneficial. The word works is defined as deeds. And so you put them together, it means beneficial deeds. So there's beneficial deeds that you and I are supposed to be doing as those who profess Jesus Christ and to be followers of him. Are you doing regular beneficial deeds? And I want to make sure that there's an a, 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 a understanding here because sometimes in our minds, okay, well, it's not about works, you know, so forth and so on. And yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about what we're doing uh, in order to make sure people know that there's something different about us than most people. Because God has called us to be gifts too. Jesus is the greatest gift, but we were created to be imitators of him. We were created to be similar in him in, in most ways. And sometimes that's not easy but it's okay. Once you get this information, we're held responsible for it. Interesting. If you still don't believe me, I offer this interesting piece of information to you. In the New Testament, in, in certain scriptures, the word gift is defined as sacrifice. The word gift is defined as sacrifice. Interesting. Well, if we go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and read it there, it says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable portion or your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world. Oh, there it is again. Be peculiar, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Living sacrifice, a living gift. That's what scripture says. If you all didn't believe me before, now we're getting down to the the nuts and bolts of this thing. If you still don't believe me, here's something uh, that's even more compelling. We're gonna do a little exercise. And I'm going to ask uh, if the uh, worship team can come. And I, right now, we just need some keys. But we're going to do a little exercise. Are you all okay with doing an exercise this morning? Okay, so what I want you guys to do for me, I need everyone to stand. And as you're standing and as she begins to play the keys, I need you all to close your eyes. Now, I asked the question at the beginning of service, in reference to those who don't understand their worth or their purpose. But once again, as I asked earlier, I need you to be transparent. I need you to think about 
those areas in your life where you feel either deficient or unqualified. Think about those areas in your life where you feel deficient or unqualified. As you're thinking about those things, I need you to be transparent again. If you know that there's areas in your life where you feel deficient or unqualified, can you raise your hand? All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed. So nobody sees you but me right now. Thank you for being honest. Do you believe that Jesus can't lie? I ask the question again, do you believe that Jesus can't lie? I need a response. I want you to remember that you said that. I'm going to read something to you. And as I read it, and you hear the word he, H-E, I need you to replace the word he with your name. Okay? So as I read this scripture, I need you to replace the word he with your name. And this is the Lord Jesus speaking directly to you, especially to those who raised their hand just a few minutes ago. Listen to this. In John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus says this, most assuredly I say to you, he, put your name right there, most surely I say to you, Ryan, most surely I say to you, Ethan, most surely I say to you, Zach, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father and whatsoever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son if you ask anything in my name I will do it. You have just been affirmed by your Savior. Every individual who raised their hand and those who didn't but felt that way about being deficient or unqualified, Jesus has said, you will do even greater works than him. The interesting thing about the definition of the word, the word, the words greater works as it appears in this scripture. Greater in Greek is translated to the word megas, which means exceedingly. For those who didn't understand their value, their worth, their purpose, and the fact that you are a gift, Jesus wanted me to come today to encourage you to let you know that he said, I've given you the ability. I've given you the authority. And my expectation is for you to do exceedingly 
great deeds. Right now, everyone that had raised their hands earlier, can you come to the altar just so that I can agree in prayer with you? Because there's no reason for me to minister the message and say the words that I said this morning if you're not willing for there to be transformation in your life from this moment forward. Because you need to understand you are a gift. He created you to be a gift. You are an answer to problems in the earth. And for those who didn't raise your hand, if you know that you need to be at the altar right now, please come. Please come. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel condemnation because he's not condemning anyone. But please let there be transformation in your life from this moment forward. The enemy would cause you to believe that you're worthless, that you have no value, you have no purpose, you have no ability. But our Savior has said you do. We need to get to a place in our lives when we stop listening to what the enemy has spoken about us and begin to listen and believe and receive what God has said. It's been too easy for us to believe the negative stuff. It's been too easy for us to believe all the wrong things. As we're ending one year and going to another, let the next year be a year of strength and power for you because you fully know who you are. You are a gift. So Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name for all of those who are here at the altar right now. Father, I thank you that they're willing to be transparent transparent in front of their church family. And they're willing to say, yep, my way of thinking was one way. But Father, with your help, I want my way of thinking to be transformed. That means that there's a complete change. That my mind is renewed. Father, I thank you right now that those who are here at the altar and even those who are still at their seats that for whatever reason didn't come down. I thank you, Father, that from this moment forward, their minds are renewed in reference to who you have created them to be. I thank you, Father, that their lives will never be the same. I thank you, Father, that they will fully walk in who you have created them to be. There's one more group, I'm sorry, that should be here at the altar that I didn't mention earlier. There are some right now who are angry with God. And they're angry with him because they feel like, well, I felt like I had a purpose, but I haven't seen it manifest or it hasn't manifested in the way I thought it was going to manifest. And so, God, I'm mad with you. And some may feel, well, you shouldn't say that about God. You shouldn't talk about being angry. But here's the fact of the matter. He knows that you're angry anyway. So why even play the game?
Once again, I ask you to be transparent. If you are or have been angry with God because of your situation or circumstances, if you've been angry with God because you haven't seen things manifest in your life the way or in the timing that you felt it should have manifested, if that's you, not only raise your hand, but come to the altar, please. Holy Spirit wouldn't have me bring it or call it out if he didn't want to deal with it. Thank you. There's at least two more. There's at least two more. There's one. There's two. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that your children are willing to be transparent. I thank you that they're willing to say, God, these are the issues. And I want to be transformed. And so, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, for those who just came down last, Father, I pray that there will be transformation. That there will be release right now in the name of Jesus. That you would empower, that you would encourage. That because they're willing to say, yep, God, I'm, I'm angry. That you would heal right now from this very moment. That you would strengthen and encourage as never before. And Father, I thank you that this is no longer an issue for them in their lives. I thank you, Father, that you are validating them and that you are encouraging them and you're letting them know I didn't allow it to happen that way because there's some things I still want to do in you and through you. And also because I'm putting other things in order so that when you fully step into what I've called you to, you will not have the hindrances that you would have had if I not had you wait. So, Father, I thank you right now, in Jesus' name, for renewing and encouraging even now. I thank you, Father, that everything that was baggage or a hindrance in 2022, that they will leave it in 2022. That they will go into 2023 with renewed hearts and renewed minds. That they will go into 2023 lighthearted and feeling empowered as never before because they've experienced your presence. They've experienced your power and they have a better understanding of who you have called them to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give God praise right now? Hallelujah. 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 I encourage you over this holiday that you will truly understand and celebrate the fact that you are called by God to be a gift. That you are a gift. That you are an answer to a problem in the world. Come on, let's give God praise.